I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. We, we all have different mistakes. I, you know, I believe that hindsight's twenty twenty, and everything happens for a reason. But there are a couple of things I would have done differently if, if, if I could go back. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would really love to hear what you think. And for this episode, episode 18, we're getting personal and revealing the mistakes we've made in our businesses. No business is perfect, Mm -mm. and the road to success is paved with a lot of bumps and bruises. But we're hoping that our conversation today can make anyone out there who is scared to start their business realize that mistakes are going to happen. Oh, yeah. But it's not the end of the world. No, it's not. And before we go any further, what are you drinking, Jesse? So I am drinking some rosé wine, and I have been on my wine, you know, my boxed wine kick. So it is coming out of the box, you know, the little been, spout in the fridge. It makes it easy uh, to drink. I've been listening to a lot of these, you know, um, going back and and kind of documenting some stuff and trying to get some stuff cut together. And you you do. You drink a lot of wine out of the box. Yeah. So. It's been a 2020 going into 21 um, trend with my husband and I. It just it's it's so I like to say it's kind of like batching content because you buy one box. It lasts <laughs> the entire month. You go to the fridge and all you have to do is pop open the little it's Tab like a little and, spout and yep. it comes right out. So it just it's planning ahead. At least it's and lasting a month. <laughs> last, I know. I'm not drinking it every single night. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but we have been going through a few boxes here and there. <laughs> well, good for yeah. you. I must say, maybe someday I'll be able to come over and have a, gla- have a glass I of that. I know. Once it's warm, it's coming out on the patio. And maybe yeah. we can. Ooh, maybe just... we can even record one of these out on the patio. Know, it might be with be... the the lawnmower going behind us, but that would be an interesting one. Kind of mm-hmm. cool. So as Jesse said, we're talking about our business mistakes. There's been a lot of them and we're not even going to cover all of them. I feel no. like, because as we were, as we were kind of coming up with our own points here, I know, you know, even pre-show talks, I was like, Oh yeah. All right. That's another thing that I've definitely not taken into account. So, you know, this is not an all. I mean, we're going to try and get to as many as possible, but it's not all encompassing. I think the first thing that we're going to hit on is three of the mistakes that the two of us have made. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs make, especially at the beginning part of their businesses. Mm -hmm. It's like a trifecta. Yeah. Not charging what we're worth, not setting those business hours or boundaries and saying yes to every opportunity that's presented to us. Mm -hmm. It's just I feel like that's almost like a disease when it comes to the first couple of months or even years of a business. Well, I think when anybody decides to take that leap into entrepreneurship, whether you're leaving your full time job or Mm -hmm. you're, um, you know, adding it as a side hustle, or if you, um, you know, maybe you've been out of the workforce for a little while, and you're coming back full force as as your own business owner, you're so excited about everything, and you really want to do well. So you jump head first into everything. So, you know, these issues of not, you know, charging your worth, setting business hours or boundaries, Mm -hmm. and saying yes to opportunities, to every opportunity is sometimes the pitfalls that happen as a new, um, optimistic, you know, really yeah. 
ready to dive into it entrepreneur t- well, you're to like, make. Who am I to charge this if you're if you're brand new? You know, mm-hmm. and like with you, you did portf- both of us, both of our businesses in, in writing and in photography. You know, yes, we have two different businesses, but they're very similar in that you have to create a portfolio before you can just be like, hey, you know, I'm going to charge this. So, you know, that that is one thing that we should say you you do need to have a portfolio in most industries before you can go out there and really be like, hey, I'm going to charge this much. Um, but well, in the corporate world, this is your resume, right? So your right. resume is your past experience. And exactly. when you're starting something new, you can portfolio build and you can portfolio build with a price or for free, mm-hmm. which I've done both of. And yep, me too. you just have to have proof that you can offer this service. But when when you actually jump into it and you start to think about, okay, what is your pricing going to look like? Mm-hmm. There's a few things I think that um, can make it easier for you to develop your price. One is just understanding what your financial goals are. You know, if you yeah. want to make $60,000 a year, what does that look like? What do you need to charge per day? What do you need to charge? What do you need to make a week if you're going to yeah. take off so many weeks for vacation? And really breaking that down, um, doing the math. You have a that. great formula for that too. Isn't that like available on your website or something? Uh, it's for, it's mainly geared towards my brand photographer uh, course. So it's yeah. broken out into that. But the same concept applies is you just really take a look at, you know, your financial goals divided by how many days you want to work and really come up with that number. So I think that's one thing you can do, but also understanding your experience. If you've been in yeah. industry X for 20, 30 years, and yeah. now you're, you're maybe just going to go out consulting, like your, what was your hourly rate in the nine to five? Right. And you can multiply that to now accommodate for uh, your own, for the taxes that you have to pay, multiply that to make sure you're charging enough to accommodate any health insurance requirements or um, any business expenses now that you're going to have. So you can use that as a base. But the big key, I think, is knowing that you actually are worth something. So confidence, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So knowing like, okay, being afraid to actually charge those numbers. So once you mm-hmm. have like an idea and let's say it's let's say it's telling you that you need to make, you know, a thousand dollars a photography session. Okay. It's really trying to understand that that's what you need to make to be profitable and reach your financial goals, but having the confidence behind that to stick with those numbers. And furthermore, knowing that how to present that offer to your clients or right. that service in a way that's has that perceived value. Definitely you should you should always you know um share what's involved behind the prices. You're not just going to throw a number out at somebody. You want to make sure that they understand the value that you're also providing. And I think that that can bring a little bit more confidence to yourself about well, okay, yeah, I'm charging that $1000 for a photo session, but I'm offering this and and outlining that I think can I almost feel like that's that's a lessons in confidence building for yourself as well. It's not just for the client. It's mm-hmm. also like looking, okay, yeah, that's a scary, it might seem like a scary number at first, but look at all the stuff I'm doing. And I think that goes down to setting, you know, business hours. You were talking about how, you know, how many hours you want to, how many days you want to work. I mean, Jesse, how many times have I texted you at like 10 o'clock at night and I'm still working on mm-hmm, something? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a bad thing. It's a bad habit. Well, okay. Let's let's say this. You need to set the boundaries that work for you. Some people actually mm-hmm. work better at night. Like well, sometimes just, when Ariel goes to bed, it's like, well, there we go. I have some and, time. And that might be the but the key here is setting boundaries with your clients. So I know a lot of um 
positions involved in like the VA, the virtual assistance world, or even Mm -hmm. even business managers, sometimes they actually do work a lot of nights because that's when they can do it. Their clients are available. They might be halfway Mm -hmm. across the world or they might just have different time zones, but it's setting those boundaries. So if your client, let's say your main working hours are actually your clients like 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. and they're not going to be awake, but letting your client know like, oh, I'm going to be working on this while you're asleep and setting those boundaries and that you're not going to be available when they're available really. Um, So that can work as long as you're setting the boundaries that work for you. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, there, I try, and I'll talk about this in more detail later, but, you know, I try to set like, okay, I don't work before this hour in the morning and I don't work after this hour at night, but that doesn't, it doesn't always work out. And sometimes I just have to say, okay, I'm going to take this break in the middle of the day and and do this. And it's like some fun opportunity taking, you know, taking a walk or something. And then I just make up for it at night. But the thing is, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be working 20 hours a day. You, and yes, it's no. hard to do that at the beginning of your business because you're trying to build everything up. <sighs> but so for, for me, what I've done and most recently is as a photographer, I used to keep my calendar pretty much wide open to like shooting on any any day, which really I remember. like made it tough for me to set days aside to do desk work. There's still emails to be made. There's still editing to be done. There's mm-hmm. still shoot planning to be done. Marketing. Um, you know, all the things that need to be done at my desk. And so not knowing on which days I can get that done became really, really stressful for me. So now I tell my clients I shoot on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If I need to make a, an exception, I certainly will. But that, those are the dates that I throw out to my clients. That way I know Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm going to be in the office being able to respond to emails have those consultations with my clients because I get my clients on the phone all the time and um, be able to get that editing done or send it off to my editor or plan out my blog post with you yeah. and get my notes out to you, things like that. Review the drafts that you've given me. It's it's the mm-hmm. desk work that you um, that was really piling up for me and I needed a better solution. So I decided Tuesdays and Thursdays are shoot days. Everything else is for desk work. My, day, my week is kind of a, just because, you know, you got a lot going on I guess when you have a kid and it's like it's like they're they you have to sometimes go by their whims which is how how rude how rude of a little child and I'm just kidding <laughs> but it's like you know there's there's weeks I'm I'm what I've been trying to do since the since the new year and it sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't is like at the beginning of the week I look at okay I've got this appointment that we've got to go to on this day I've got this appointment that I got to got to go to this day I know I'm not going to have a ch- have child care from you know 12 to 2 on Tuesday so I know I'm not going to be able to get work done on this so what I try to do is I try to map out my week and I look at okay what do I have due and just try to pick chunks throughout the work week then I'm like, all right, I'm going to work on this this day and I'm going to work on this this day and work on this this day. And that's how I've kind of made it work for me, which has also allowed me to have time um, with Ariel um, taking a walk or or having a dance party or something, you know, because she's very into dancing lately. Mm. It's kind of funny. Um, or she really if she wants to watch a movie, it's like sometimes she really wants me to watch it with her. It's it's very cute. Um, yeah. But that's time I can't be at my computer. Um, so I try to try to plan out my week week by week in that respect. And so far it's working. I mean, there's, you know, there's things that come up that you just have to take care of. But um, 
so far it's it's been doing really well. So those boundaries, and I've also been like, I won't answer um, unless it's an absolute emergency. Like I won't answer client emails after a certain time. You know, I won't answer um, on the weekend. Or if if somebody's asking if I can meet with them on Monday, you know, I'll I'll answer. You know, yes, I can meet with them on Monday, but I won't do any client meetings over the weekend. So it's 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 just finding that equal point. And if you can hear my cat. Mm-hmm. One of them's trying to break into, break into my little closet. my little studio. Yeah, my yeah. little studio here. So you know, I guess uh, I I guess I should just say, guys, you can never get away from cats, no matter what boundaries you set. Yeah, they're um, always going to break in. And then saying yes to every opportunity. I remember when I started as an influencer, and a big part of the influencer whole lifestyle is like a lot of people offer you product in exchange for content and while it's great and they'll be like oh the cu- the product is worth this much and and i understand i understand that a brand is is losing money in sending you a product you shouldn't i'm going to say something very controversial you shouldn't be working just for product and i was saying yes like all of those opportunities even opportunities that i know weren't like 100% fit for me because i thought to myself i needed to build that portfolio of being an influencer i needed to show that i was working with brands and stuff like that and then i was breaking my back for these brands that didn't end up even kind of appealing to my 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 audience and not only did that hurt my following because then they were like this makes absolutely no sense why is she repping this company it also didn't even help out the brand and then yeah. they didn't want to work with me again. So it's so saying yes to every opportunity isn't a good idea at in any, any right. opportunity, you know, any. In- yeah, that industry. happens a lot with photographers and even with product based brands. Sometimes I'll still get approached to, hey, you know, do you want to collaborate? That's usually a sign of, hey, mm-hmm. will you shoot this product for free. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, they're giving me the product. for. You're free, almost like but- an influencer in your own way. And, and there are there are ways to connect with brands that way and build your portfolio. And I've done that with a lot of product-based brands when I was building my portfolio, absolutely. But eventually, what I realized is it was taking away so much of my paid time that I needed exactly. to be making money. So even though they're sending me, let's say, you know, three or four products, which are great, and I would totally use them, I would spend three or four hours photographing that. And my hourly rate, that's I'm losing a lot of money. And so, yeah. so I think there's a, there's a balance. My suggestion to anybody looking to, um, who's just starting out, take on a limited number of these non-paid or barter situation opportunities. Yeah. So don't do 10, 12, 15, maybe do like three to five. Yeah. Oh no, you should five. definitely take, That's but make it. sure that they fit with your vision and yes. brands because, you know, I did a tooth whitening thing and, and, you know, I already have very white teeth, so it didn't even make that much difference. <laughs> I'm very lucky to say that, but it was just like people were like, uh, it didn't yeah. like you didn't even notice a difference, so it didn't yeah. even look good for that client. And I felt so bad, but it was like at the very beginning. Right. Um. So I think saying yes, you know, yes to all opportunities, you know, even even at the beginning, maybe just examining and as as Jesse said, like maybe do a couple. Yeah. Um, so those are our three that we, the both of us have made over the years. Um, but then of course, you know, we, we all have different mistakes. I, you know, I believe that hindsight's twenty twenty, and everything happens for a reason, but there are a couple of things I would have done differently if, if, if I could go back. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the things, yeah, well, one of the things we're going to, going to flip flop back and forth between the two of us. One of the things is 
I wish I had, and I wish I'd just done it, just started with my influencer business and freelance writing early on. I'm a perfectionist and I have ADHD, which is surprisingly something that goes hand in hand a lot with a lot of people. Yeah. You wouldn't think of that. Um, and it's a problem I've had my entire life. I, I just, I have to get everything perfect. So when I, I often hesitate because I want to get it to that level of per- perfection and, and whether that's putting together a shoot plan for myself or, you know, you and I, we have a shoot that you'd be like, come on, we got to do it. We got to do it. Have I gotten it together? Absolutely not. And it's because I'm hesitating and I'm like, oh, I, I have so many ideas. I don't know what I want to do. Posting Instagram is another one. I have all of these great shots. A lot of them Jesse shot, a lot of them that I've shot. And I just feel like, you know, it's, I can't get it together and do it because I just want it to be perfect. And I was listening to you the other day because um, I often listen to our episodes after the fact for a little inspiration. I was listening to episode nine when we spoke with Megan and Paige of the Video Identity Project. And Megan's advice to just do it, I need that like tattooed somewhere. On my, I know that's probably like Nike, Nike trademark you know, infringement, trademark infringement. But I need it like on my body because, you know, even though planning is a great way, and I feel like I'm doing that all the time. Sometimes you just need to like stop with the planning and just execute the plan. Um, that's just how I. I you think know, that's a lot of I, problem. I think a lot of people can relate. I think, um, you know, I, I myself overthink yeah. things. Um, but it does get to a point where, okay, I've read the email four times before sending it. Just yes. send it already. Yes. So um, learning how to just quash those sort of mm-hmm. uh, Im- imposter syndrome feelings and just That's exactly, go with it. yes. Po- yeah. Imposter syndrome is a big thing. The other thing is right now with what's going on, like as I said with the Instagram thing, like I have some really great photos to post. And the algorithm, it's like – my stuff is just tanking no matter what I've been doing. And so I almost feel like I'm wasting, which is a totally different issue in some ways, but I almost feel like I'm wasting an image if I post it to Instagram and it just tanks. So I've been scared to post. So this is an issue I'm still working on and I'm probably wasting time doing it. And it's probably the biggest challenge right now in my business is just doing it. I would say I'm, you know, going to try and just play devil's advocate here with you. Maybe just, I would say if you're feeling that way, yeah. Go work on something else then that you feel like does matter. Yeah. Well, that's what I've been kind of doing with like, Good. so I've been working more on um, my blog, you yeah. know, posting to my blog. And because, I mean, even though my numbers aren't great there, at least I feel like I'm building a portfolio. And there is something about not having that. I mean, I know you can like blog posts on a lot of websites, but a lot of people don't bother. So I don't have that metric to go by. I don't see like that vanity metric right away. I obviously go and check my Google analytics. And obviously, sometimes it feels pathetic when I've done a blog post. But it's like, I've just been kind of putting that aside and really turning out what I feel like is good content. So that's my first one. Jesse, what's your first business mistake? So I have a few of them. Uh, one of the first one is not taking into account all the expenses that actually take to run a business. And so I remember when I was first starting out running the photography business, I was like, well, I really don't have any expenses like this. Like whatever I make is just profit. No, it's actually not. 
And the reason it's not is because, A, it's still your time, your time away from your friends, mm-hmm. your family, and that's worth something. The other thing is your camera equipment. Sure, you bought it once, but there's a depreciation value with that. Each year, it's going to lose value and actually cost you value because you got to start saving for a new system. So even though that photographer, that that camera may have been $1,000 expense, each year, you're actually still needing to save up money for that yeah. expense when you need it a replacement. It only has so many clicks. So Um, traveling, your car, the wear and tear on your car, your mileage, your gas. Um, If you uh, are a photographer and you're setting up mini sessions, all of those props that you're creating, that beautiful scene, that's an expense. Your website, your hosting, if you're running ads, Mm -hmm. if you're paying for a CRM, if you're paying for a mini session scheduler, if you're paying for paper to print anything, if you're paying for Adobe Suite, if you're paying for Lightroom. If you're paying for an email service, all those yep. things add up. Last year, I had over about about $10,000 in expenses. And granted, my business is pretty robust. I use a lot of systems. Um, and I also have but two it also parts works of my business. Flawlessly, so there you go. It does. It took me a little while to get there. But even when I was just starting out, I still had a website. Yep. I still had photography equipment. I was still driving places. I was still had my... Um, Let's see. I don't know if I said website already. Yeah. Uh, I still occasionally would have to run um, mini sessions. So whatever system I was using to schedule those. Yeah. And you, you know, taxes, health insurance, if you want to save for retirement, things like that, that adds up to. What is retirement these days? What is it? I know. No, but that was so this is what I was saying at the beginning. Like it's it's definitely this is something that I didn't even think of. Um when we when we were talking about revealing our business mistakes. So that is something that now I've got to add to this list of mine. You know, I don't know if, I mean, I know you probably didn't have this issue, Jesse, but I wish I'd treated my business as a business right from the get-go. Um, and this is something Ashley Mason talked about uh, in episode eight. You know, she started her blog. She treated it like a part-time job. When I started my blog, I actually started like a travel log in 2011. Um, I'd started, I would, that year I went a ton of places and I was like, oh, I'm going to write all about it. And I loved it. Um, I really enjoyed it, but I had my blinders on. I I had just started a full-time job in my career of choice, TV journalism. I thought that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Why, you know, this was just an easy way to document my travels and let my family and friends back home read about them. So I, and though I let it, I loved it. I just kind of let it die. Um, after I had kind of that travel season had ended and then I'd taken an occasional trip and it was like, well, you know, I've already been there. Why are people going to want to read about it? Now I wish I'd taken it seriously. And I didn't really do that until 2019. And that was that years could have made, especially in the blog blogosphere, that could have made a huge difference. And so that's what I'm saying now. Now I'm setting aside hours every day or almost every day um, to work on not only my freelance writing clients, but also my blog. I'm not letting that. And I figure with with me updating my blog, it's also showing clients why you should be continuously updating your website. Um, because if 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 I tell a client like, oh, it's going to, you know, increase your SEO and your presence on Google, you know, if you update every, you know, every month or twice a month, and then they look at my website and it's like, I haven't updated it in six or seven months. They're going to be like, well, what's wrong with you, lady? Right. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. One of my points is sort of having along those same lines is having a business mindset 
um, early on before, again, I, I treated oh, my yeah. business more of like a hobby and really wasn't super serious about it. And, um, you know, especially when it comes to marketing, which I had like zero knowledge of like what marketing was. I thought it was like throwing up a couple Facebook posts and calling oh, it yeah. a day. And that's really <laughs> not what it is at all until I invested in some, you know, education for myself and understanding, you know, how the psychology behind marketing really works and what that really entails. And it's, it is constant, it is constant work. You can certainly outsource it, but, mm-hmm. you know, all of your content kind of comes back to this, who are you targeting idea? Yes. And we talked about this with Courtney Fanning about, you know, mastering your messaging towards yep. your ideal client and everything kind of comes back to that you have to know who you're selling to because that's how you're going to create all your content your marketing mm. content emails ads articles blogs ig posts whatever that is you have to have that person in mind and understanding that when you know you're selling your offer that yeah. this is where the psychology comes in you have to paint the vision like okay sure and we talked about this like knowing your worth like okay what's actually in there right mm-hmm. what are you actually getting but really what are they getting what are they getting behind the scenes are they getting peace of mind are they gaining confidence are they saving time is it gonna make their life easier knowing that they get 45 images with a brand photography session yeah that has value yeah but you also need to tell them like why are those 45 images important Mm -hmm. and how is that going to make you feel or how is that going to help your business that's what that's really the mindset shift and understanding you know what? This is a business. I'm selling an offer. Who mm-hmm. am I selling it to? And how am I going to get it out there? Because if yeah. you build it, if you build it, they may or may not come. Yeah, like, that whole that whole coming from Iowa, line. coming from <laughs> Iowa. You know, if you build it, they will come. Uh, sorry, it's not well, I mean, always the case. And that actually, that you know, that brings up another business mistake that I made because you were talking about finding that ideal ideal client when I first started. You know, I I said I started with like travel stuff, and then I felt like I was. I mean, I love travel, I love fashion, I love lifestyle, but I was like, there was a lot of times where I was just throwing things at a wall and seeing what would stick. To but figure that's out not my necessarily a bad it's, thing. No, but then I would like, you, you also sometimes you try to force your yes. niche and you can't, as much as you try, you might, yeah, you know, you may, you, you can't necessarily always force that niche. You know, you, you worked a long time to figure out what you wanted to do. And you kind of, you know, we've talked about this before. You figured out your niche because you figured out you love branding photography and you were able to make that transition. But it took years to discover that and years to gain the confidence to finally say goodbye to everything else. So it took confidence is a huge part of, I feel like business mistakes. You don't have the confidence and then you just make these, you just make these mistakes. But (laughs) along those lines, one of the mistakes, uh, you know, build it, if they build it, they will come. One of the things that I realized is that that, um, you know, when you're starting to discover what you want to offer and discover what your services should be or discover what it is that you want mm-hmm. to sell, um, one thing to do, and which I should have done sooner, is to, like, beta test certain things, which I used oh. to not. I used to just, like, run, jump into, like, okay, this is what I'm going to offer. This is how it's going to go. Yeah. Go out there and ask your audience, like, what what would they find beneficial? What is and it that, that they And that can be on need? Instagram stories or anything like that. You know, exactly. have that resource. Exactly. But then also, like you said, going in on the back end and seeing what is resonating with uh, with your audience. So are there certain blog topics like yeah. that are that are that are better performing than others? Is that is a good indicator on what's resonating usually, with your audience? Usually seasonal material. That's oh great. Yeah. You know, exactly. like like I saw a huge jump when I was talking about like, you know, 
Christmas movies and, you know, gift guides. And then like when it came time for January, it was, um, you know, New Year's resolutions and and how to renew and refresh your life. You know, it seems to be season because, you know, especially now with being at home all the time, you know, people are kind of more tuned in. Okay. What's so, what's today? So you know <laughs> that now and you know maybe maybe your blog posts, whether or not they have like a direct seasonal like maybe well, it's it not, stinks like, because they say evergreen works best and it's not. Uh, well, it, it could For be me. so you could continue to 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 like use the same content, but your yeah. keywords, right? Your keywords in the back Thanks. end of your post yep. would be like summer this, fall that. Yeah. Bring this winter. Oh, that. totally. Well, it's like, you know, <laughs> I know this is sounds so funny. Sephora has a sale twice a year. I'm a huge Sephora fan. So I know that, you know, around April, beginning of April, I do a blog post that's like my picks from the Sephora sale for spring. And then I do another one in fall, my picks for the Sephora sale in fall. Same thing with Nordstrom's, you know, they do a, they do a sale and it's like, you know, when they do a sale, I make those picks and I know those when that's gonna, you know, go up. So it's, it's finding the right. Yeah, it's finding and nothing, not, that's the other thing. As much as we want to copy everybody else, and I certainly did that, and I certainly, you know, get inspiration from other people, what works for someone else is not going to work for you. And that was another thing I've learned along the way. Like, I can, I love certain bloggers. I want to imitate them, but just because I write something that's very similar to what they write, or I have a certain, same approach to something, it doesn't mean it's going to resonate with my audience just because I'm not in the same area. I don't have the same demographics going on right so i think that's something it's so funny we're we had like these set conversation topics and we're still discovering mistakes we've made Mm -hmm. but hopefully it's helping Mm -hmm. i know one thing i wish i'd done and this is this almost seems like a trivial thing or it may seem like a trivial thing i wish i'd attended more events Mm -hmm. Uh, you know there's such an active influencer community and you and I have actually gone to a lot of these events because mm-hmm. obviously as a photographer you've you've um worked with some of these these people there's a really active um community in the Boston area that are influencers and there's some really great events but as someone who's had anxiety it's it's I find it hard to go out and and like network I mean because essentially that's what it is it's networking yeah and so you know, then I finally get my butt out there and I go and I find I actually have a really good time and I've met some great people, including a couple we've had on this podcast. Now, obviously, these events aren't happening or if they are, I, you know, I don't really feel comfortable to like and I see I see it online. There's there's a couple influencers that I see that are still going to all of these events. And I'm like, I actually sit there and I'm very nervous. I'm like, ooh, yeah, um, you know, because it's the pandemic and I don't feel comfortable going out doing stuff like that but and especially since you know the vaccine's still rolling out i have a toddler she's not going to be able to get vaccinated until next year probably and right now my mom hasn't been vaccinated she's our child care i can't take any chances like that so right now i've been focusing on trying to contribute to more facebook and social groups yeah um trying to be part of more online conversations like there's a lot of things that i would like go over either on the boston business women page or boston bloggers or rising tide and stuff that i would have just ignored even though i have something to say now i'm trying to like get more into those conversations and also clubhouse have you yeah i haven't like honestly i haven't spent much time i haven't spent much time on it but it's like it's really getting me out of my comfort zone and i like it well so i 
also want to attend more events when we can and when it's safe. And I think that has a huge benefit to my business is just getting out and making those connections and networking and just meeting other really interesting people because you never know uh, when you actually may need a service that Mm -hmm. you met somebody and you're like, oh my gosh, I I really enjoyed her. I think I want to hire her to do my website redesign or whatever. I want her to do my copywriting or, oh, Jesse was actually really cool. Like I actually need photos, things like that. And I actually teach my members of my bootcamp that networking has been a big part of my business, especially when I was just starting out and getting myself out there. And so uh, when we get out of COVID, I plan on at least attending one thing a month in person. So we should, we should, we should go together as much as we can. I know because I mean, you're, it's, it's so funny. Once I get out there, I'm, I'm okay, but I'm like that wallflower. And it's funny because then I have a podcast, but I feel like a podcast is a really great way for somebody like me to like talk to people because I don't really have to talk to people except for you, which, (laughs) and I mean, who knew that I would be hosting a podcast with you when we met over 10 years ago now. So it really is anybody you meet along the way. I mean, be part of your story. And it doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to like constantly looking at who's, you know, who's going to give you an opportunity. Like, don't treat it like that. Just treat people like human beings. But that's mm-hmm. a whole other show. <laughs> so one of the things that I really wish I did sooner, um, and part of it was just because I didn't have the funds, was outsourcing. Um, mm. This was a tough one because, again, you you know, you may not even have the budget to outsource. But uh, really knowing what your time is worth, it will help you decide, okay, can I afford to outsource or can I not? If there's a task yeah. that really shouldn't be worth your hourly rate, you know, like for me, blog writing, I know it's important. It's been extremely valuable for my content creation, but I just didn't have the time. It wasn't getting done. And so that's why I decided to outsource it. And I outsourced that to you and it's been amazing for my business. So one thing I can recommend anybody that isn't quite there yet, if they are like, I have zero budget to outsource, start just taking taking note of what you do on the daily like everything from like creating your Instagram posts to creating your graphics for your Instagram posts to uh, yeah. maybe you have a Facebook group that you're constantly in there. Anything that that you do, start taking track of that and making note if it's like a weekly task that you do, a monthly task that you do, a daily task that you do. That way, when you are ready to outsource, you have a list of things that you know could possibly be outsourced once you've identified if they're worth your hourly rate. And I, you know, it's funny. I would suggest because... <laughs> Because I do write them, but they're on your website. I would suggest for anybody who is listening to this podcast to check out Jessie's blog because she does have some really great tips when it comes to outsourcing, when it comes to, you know, setting boundaries and stuff. And this is this is kind of how we we kind of came up with I feel like we kind of came up with this topic is because of a lot of the stuff that you've we've already written for your website. Yeah. Um, so that's something to check out. The other thing. Um, and I think, I mean, I'm again, I have a ton of mistakes that I've made, but a big one, um, starting an email list. Mm-hmm. And I'm still I'm still figuring that out. But, you know, we've heard this a couple of times from entrepreneurs and influencers alike on this podcast. We don't own social media. Let me say that again. We don't own our social media. The only thing mm-hmm. that we own, I mean, it's a free, it's free. I mean, yes, I know that we end up running ads on Instagram and Facebook, but it's essentially a free service it can get taken away from us at any time um the only thing that we own or that we can own if we don't already is a website um 
And, you know, if you can get people to sign up for an email list, there you go. You, you have them on there to contact your exactly it's like it's like when you don't have someone's when you meet somebody and you don't have their phone number and then you you split up with you know you don't see them again it's like oh i would love to be able to get in contact with that person it's the same exact thing you know i wish i'd thought about getting an email list together earlier well Um, an email list does does basically serve for all of your email marketing for any type of funnel or service that you want to offer so even if you're not selling anything now if you're able to get email lists from you know a lead magnet or an opt-in start doing it now even if you're not selling anything at the moment that way Mm -hmm. when you do have something to sell maybe you're beta testing something maybe you're portfolio building you then do have an audience to sell to and it's you know how once i did start to because so i'm on wordpress and they actually had this thing that you could like collect emails i had no idea until like last year i was like oh i have these emails what (laughs) you know and then I wasn't really using it. And so what I did is I signed up. This is not an ad. Well, it is, I mean, technically an ad because I do love it, but I signed up for Flowdesk. Um, yeah, I've I'm, heard Flowdesk is really, really pretty. It is pretty, but it's, you know what else it is? Like I, MailChimp is fun. And I know we use MailChimp for um, the podcast, um, but that's like, a, that's, you know, with the podcast, we're on such like a weekly basis now or, you know, yeah, weekly now um, that it like forces us to send it out this it, I wasn't doing so much so now I have to pay for it and as much as I hate paying for things and I love that word free it's my favorite four-letter word paying that $20 a month forces me to use it and now I send out a weekly or almost mm-hmm. there's been a couple times I've missed almost weekly email to my subscribers and if you want to you know get that email you can head to my blog fashionlykatencompany.com and sign up and yeah. now if I could just come up with you have great opt-ins, Jesse, but if I could come up with a great opt-in, maybe that's another thing we could talk about on another yeah. episode. Exactly. I'd love to know if anybody has any ideas. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, business ideas. Sometimes just as you said, asking your audience. You know, yeah, not exactly. paying attention so that's to what, what you they should do, need. Kate. You should go to your audience and say, Hey, you guys know what I talk about, you guys know yeah. what I blog about. What do you want to know more of or what do you like? Yeah. And that way you can start to think about what. And what would encourage you to to sign up for an email from moi? Well, these are some amazing um, things that we talked about. A lot of. A lot of of information. So basically, you know, make sure you're charging what you're, you know, get that portfolio done, but make sure you charge what you're worth. Set some hours and boundaries. Don't say yes to everything. Treat it like a business or get into that business mindset, as Jesse called it. I like that. I like Tra- that a track lot. Track your expenses. Don't yep. think if you build it, they will come. You actually have to put mm-hmm. effort into it. Marketing is key. Networking is key. You know, Start get your email in, list. Start your email list and don't just, as much as we all love to put up a pic- pretty picture on the gram, although these days it's giving me anxiety like nobody's business, you know, get that email list. Out and then there. outsource. And if yes. you're not outsourcing, plan for it in the future. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think, and I think this is a woman thing. <laughs> I know this is going to sound weird as it seems like off topic. We downplay. And I did that for a while, even when I was trying to treat this like a business. Oh, I have this little blog. Oh, I have this small freelance writing business. And no, I think you're that, a writer. You're yeah, a blogger. exactly. Like even even um, I, I do the, photography. No, yeah, you are a photographer. a photographer. Even when I went to the doctor last year, it's so weird. They have you fill out this form like and it has all your information. Right. But it also asks your occupation. occupation. 
And last year, so this is 2021, this is last year, 2020, and I'd been, you know, trying to take Fashionly Kate and Company seriously for a while, and I had just started writing for you, I actually wrote Stay at Home Mom. And I came home and I cried. I was like, why did I do that? Like, <laughs> I'm not a stay. I mean, yeah, okay, I, I stay at home and I take our care of Ariel, but I also do this and I also do this. And I like, why did I write that? So I think that also is is a confidence thing. I think that we all need to be more sure of ourselves and just dream big. Yeah. Dream big, my f- wonderful people. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is my, this is, I don't know, this is my Academy Award winning moment, I guess. <laughs> I'm saying that. Yeah. Anyways, where I'm getting silly. Thanks so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. If you want to check out the show notes, head to cocktailsandcontentcreation.com. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. As we've been talking about, we want to hear what our, our followers want to hear about. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on Apple podcast and you can email us at cocktails and creation at gmail.com i'm kate andrews and you can follow me on instagram at fashionably kate and co and i'm jesse wyman you can follow me on instagram at jesse wyman photos or if you're a photographer looking to get more into the branding photography world you can follow me at the brand photographer method make sure to tune in next time for another wonderful episode of cocktails and content creation until then cheers to your next box of wine or whatever <laughs> you're drinking your next cocktail And happy content creating.